Ladies and gentlemen. And we're back. All right, so my name's uh, Nick Cravolio. Uh, I've been working in the restaurant industry for about three years now. <clears throat> Started off as a dishwasher and uh, just working my way up. Now I'm in fine dining, which is kind of like entrance level to like major league, would you say? Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you know myself, uh, not more on the cooking side. It's more beverage, uh, wine, cocktails, and also just uh, management in general. Currently, I'm a general manager of a restaurant in Chicago, Illinois, Logan Square neighborhood. Um, that's been doing great things, and I'm super excited to be there. It's been eight months, and it's kind of my story of coming back to Chicago after I had to move back to the suburbs for the pandemic. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm back in the city and kind of doing some big things myself. So super excited to talk about that. Yeah, it's really cool. So Nick reached out to me originally and was interested in doing the podcast and everything. And you're kind of the first professional, I would say. You, you've got an angle of, of wanting to do the cooking stuff. So it's, it's kind of different for me as well. So I'm really excited right. to talk to you guys about it. Um, I guess let's start with how you guys got into the food industry go for it all right so um basically i was just ever since i was like a kid you know i was always uh just cooking at home and uh i was like 11 years old you know poaching eggs my mom and my mom and my brother like what the hell <laughs> like, it's like 11 he's fucking poaching eggs right now right um and basically i uh i just needed a job pretty bad and um I was like, fuck it. Like, my brother is a server at this restaurant, this Italian restaurant, and uh, they needed a dishwasher. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. Like, I'll just go do that. So um, I'm dishwashing there for a bit. And just, like, this is my first intro to the industry and just seeing, like, how everyone comes together and talks. It's, like, social. It's kind of cool. Um, it's kind of like... I would compare it to, like, high school maybe. Like, you go every day, see the same people. You know, you can build relationships in that sense. Um, what's cool about rest. So I worked as a delivery boy for years in high school and a little bit afterwards. So I kind of know the restaurant a little bit, not the same yeah, as you guys, but right, right. <clears throat> I agree with you about the high school aspect. There's the servers that are doing this. There's the guy washing dishes in the back. You know, the, the whole operation is really fun and, um, it's a cool environment. It's a lot different than an office because there's alcohol involved because yeah. it's nightlife because yeah. there's music. It's, it's a little bit more X rated. I fucking love the restaurant. Yeah, I love working there. It was I'm, so fun. I mean, honestly, like to kind of piggyback off of that, the social meter of it is really, it's not like a desk job in a cubicle where no. you hate your boss, you hate your coworkers. I mean, some people might hate their boss and hate <laughs> their coworkers in the restaurant industry. But um, at the end of the day, you have all these people from different walks of life that have completely different backgrounds or religions. And you have a business that is really able to succeed off the people there and being able to communicate and over communicate and work together for a common goal. And, uh, that's to just be able to give people, you know, the best product they can get along with service and emotional, just intelligence and being able to give these people an experience that they can't get at home, you know, right. around the dinner And also table. as fast as possible. Yes. It has to be yeah. as fast as possible. It has to be. There's Everyone. like a pressure to it that makes it fun. And then also like once, 
you know, 10 o'clock rolls around or something, there's like a release of the pressure and yeah. everybody's kind of gone and they're like wiping the tables down and you're just like, what the hell is that? It's, you know, it's, it's like calm before the storm and right. then you're in the shit show. And then as soon as it starts to dial back and, you know, myself being a manager, as soon as everyone leaves, I'm the last person in the building. Right. Even those like first moments of like <laughs> silence, pure silence by yourself even. Right. It's like, Oh, you know, it's, it's done. Today's over. Tomorrow's a new day. Right. It's going to be a great day. Um, <laughs> even though there's a lot of things that go wrong in the restaurant industry at all times. Um, you know, it's just, it's good. And you know what? I keep coming back every, every day, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. That's, it's awesome, man. Um, and I know when I'm done putting up this food, it's Modelo time with the boys. Of course. Of <laughs> course. It's a different kind of camaraderie with, with the crew, you know, you're drinking hey. with them. Sorry, we got our sous chef Lola here. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're dogs calling calling for hands right now on the on the pass. It'll be okay. Well, maybe she can get on mic in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just you know, a little hand, a little hand action over there. Let her sniff the hand, and she'll she, she's chilling. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so I guess we could talk about what kind of food you guys do. It's like Italian food, or is it more French? I'm not sure. So. When I started at, uh, basically in Contro, fast forward, I really wanted to cook, and I was out of the game there for a little bit, and I was working as a UPS driver. And in all, right. yeah, in all my free time, I was spending cooking. And uh, my brother's GM of this place at the time, he's like, hey, why don't you come by? Like, we need guys over here. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, I just, I'm a little home cook. Like, I don't know if I'm good enough for this. Right. And he's like, bro, fuck that shit. Just come. I'm like, all right. I fucking leave. I go there, um, starting at the bottom, like fucking working on knife skills and shit, you know? Um, I mean, this is peak pandemic. You know, this is, we're going through it. No one's working in the industry. Everyone's leaving. They're taking unemployment and they're riding unemployment out for two years. I'm not hating on anyone for doing it, but a lot of people in the industry took this as, you know, these service professionals or cooking professionals were like, you know what, I'm going to go back and do what I actually got my college degree for. This is a reason to do it. Restaurants are shutting down across, you know, the whole entire country, the continent, or I mean, the globe. And it was like, hey, we just we need people that have good attitudes and just want to show up and learn a new trade and hopefully have fun in the process of doing that as well. That was a great time for you to learn also because you kind of did have that training wheels almost right a little bit of leeway too because it's not too crazy busy or anything at that time um so were you nervous leaving ups because i assume that was a huge commitment to okay this is this is what i'm gonna do now i'm gonna be a ups guy and then you're like fuck that i don't want to do that yeah yeah (laughs) i want to do this that's takes balls man i mean at some point it's like I guess I just wasn't happy 100%. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, I get it, man. Uh, I did the delivery, package delivery. That shit's fucking crazy, bro, you know? Dude? I'm sure. It's a whole I different could, podcast. I could, show you, yeah, I could show you pictures of the back of my truck. It would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Mad respect to those guys that are still out there doing that. Respect um, to the brown shorts. Yeah. I don't I don't regret it at all, though. I don't regret leaving at all. The military tuck, brown shorts. Right. And, I mean, sh- Nick's young, you know? I mean, there's people that are getting pensions from there but are still grinding, working at 50 years old, yeah. lugging this stuff Crazy. and sprinting the door steps, and you got to sprint back, you know? So, right. yeah, I mean, they sat me down in the office one day, and it's like this big, big wig over there. He's like, hey, he's like, your age, six figures, that's that's great. You know what I'm saying? He's like really trying to sell it for me to stay and all this stuff. I'm just like, you know, like, I just want to do what I love to do. I have a passion for this cooking thing, and I want to 
be the best at it. I want to really get it for real. So um, I just fucking full sent it. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. And yeah, I mean, you know, with that also being said, going back to Nick being in the kitchen and, you know, not really having any, you know, trained skill set or school training, there was also a very, very long leash during this time of, <laughs> hey, it's okay if you burnt, you know, the steaks or whatever and, you know, you didn't get this out in time. It's like, hey, man, just keep keep chugging. Keep chugging along. Keep working at it. Uh, we're not going to fire you for, you know, completely messing up a bread starter. You know, That's yeah. nice to know, especially in, in an industry where those guys will scream at you. They will, mm-hmm. I mean, they're swearing at you. They're... Calling you everything. You, they're saying things that you don't even know what they mean. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Uh, so yeah. that's nice that you got a little bit of some training wheels. That's that's pretty cool. And your brother's helping you out. I'm sure that's kind of comforting, you know? It was, it was cool working with him because, you know, like, at the end of the day, we could go home. We could talk about, you know, shit that's going on, like, things to improve on, things that, like, we could all do to make the restaurant smoother, everything smoother. So, right. <clears throat> So, you guys have both now left that restaurant, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I left first. Um, Yeah, I left first. And, uh, you know, honestly, especially with the whole pandemic stuff, um, it was something where I just needed to kind of take a step back. I had not left the industry during the whole pandemic. I worked through it. I moved back out to the suburbs and worked in restaurants that were open. And... I think the whole dynamic of the customer experience really changed and how customers viewed restaurants changed as a whole. And, you know, there was a lot of negativity going on and a lot of um, just frustration from both sides in general. And I just had it to a point where I really cared about this restaurant. I learned a lot of my stuff there, self-taught, but was able to give, be given the resources to learn there. And at, my year, I said, you know what? I'm going to take a couple months off. I'm too involved in this. Um, I care about it too much. And it was almost kind of negative towards my health. So I actually decided to take a step back and, uh, you know, mentally just needed a a refresh and took a couple months off. And that's when I started to go back to Chicago. Okay. So you you didn't work for a couple months and you were just kind of de-stressing? Yeah, man. I mean... When you are a manager at 21 years old, I'm now 27 years old, I'm working in a suburban restaurant that's a little bit more upscale casual to most suburbanites, and you're managing people that are old enough to be your parents, and (laughs) old enough that they probably have kids that are my age, you know, and they got to listen to this young kid be their manager, so... Myself, putting myself in that position at a very young age, I knew it was going to be really difficult, but I wanted to be able to take that route because I didn't get a four-year degree. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go all in and just start managing. And it just wears on you. You know, it wears on you when you're always that point person of everything going on, whether it's negative or something's wrong with the food or there's drunk customers getting in a fight, um, sexual harassment type stuff, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that just starts to just get thrown at you. And, uh, it was just, it was too much. And I just, I needed, I needed a breather. And that breather was really for me to kind of see if I really wanted to stay in the industry. And I'm happy I took it. It was a necessity for me to take it, especially for my mental health. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be back in the industry, but it was definitely a, a process I needed to take. 
I feel that for sure. I mean, what I like to do is in between jobs, just go on vacations. Right. So, so I'll take a vacation at the job I'm at. I'll work there for like a year and a half or so. And then I'll leave, go on like a two week vacation, come back, get a new job. Right. And then uh, go on vacation again. <laughs> so basically it gives you, it gives you a lot of freedom too. And that's another reason I left UPS is because if I would have stayed there, I would have been stuck there. Like I couldn't leave Illinois and I don't want to like live here forever. So basically I had to um, find a career where I could leave Illinois or go wherever I want. I could move to Europe. Right. I could go anywhere in the States and have a job. And that was just like huge for me. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It is a trade. You learn, you've learned a skill now that you can take with you anywhere. You can go to a restaurant and apply and say, I can, I'm a cook, I'm a chef. I can do this, you know? Right. And, when you start doing it, they know that you can actually do it. You know, it's not like you're just like, like you said, you had to learn the knife skills. You, 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 I'm sure you couldn't chop the right way or whatever the fuck. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. You had to learn all that. It's, 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 it's really interesting. <clears throat> okay. So moving along. So you, we got two stories going on. I don't know which way to go. Because <laughs> right, right. like, now there's two different restaurants. Yeah, yeah that's you, experience, you, you bro. You can just run with Nick. Um, and, you know, obviously I'll jump in. And, you know, I think I have a decent amount of, like, kind of how he got started in it. So his first couple of things I can talk about as well from other points of experience. But you can just run with him. And I guess I'll just talk about how I yeah. started working my way up there you go. at the first restaurant I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so basically just working there, fucking grinding there's this girl there who was basically at the top, basically. Um, she was really good. She really taught me, like, a lot of things that I really needed to know about the industry and just cooking in general. She would just read a bunch of books. And then uh, she left. The sous chef that was there left. And as it kept going on, I started working at, um, I started working, like, the busiest station. Like, the hardest station Nobody really wants to work there because it's fucking chaos. Yeah. Um, and was basically that pasta, pasta station, pasta station, pasta station, an Italian restaurant. I mean, <laughs> people go to Italian restaurants for pasta. And right. uh, if you don't, you're lying. Um, <laughs> homemade pasta, you know, any, any pasta being made out of Italian restaurants, like majority of your diners are ordering pasta. And if it's not for an entree, they're going to use it as a shareable uh, just to try it out, and Nick was working that station, which is a super high volume station. And that's a very sc- cool skill that I learned there as well is how to make pasta. I'm Italian, like that's in my blood, right? right. Like, Sicilian, right? Yeah, that's right. So today, I mean, if I really wanted to fucking make some pasta, I got some flour, got some <laughs> eggs, I could do that. And and that's what's great about this industry too is learning how to do these things and leaving that place and applying it in other places, whether it be at home, new jobs, anywhere. Yeah, that's really interesting. Everybody has to eat. You have to eat. That's so, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're literally eating better than the average person every single day. You yeah, know? it's great. It's great. <laughs> Especially working at where I uh, work now. I mean, it's like $60 a plate. Oh, yeah. And I'm eating for free over here. So. Right. Twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> eating for free is a uh, great perk to oh, the restaurant yeah. industry. I mean, especially even for myself as a manager, but, uh, you know, Staff will usually get a comida or a family meal where everyone kind of sits together. They eat before service starts. And that's also another part of like this kind of, you know, family type feel to restaurants, this team oriented feel. You're hanging out, you're shooting the shit before everything goes down. Um, And, you know, I think the best restaurants really do a really good job of having that team culture there and being able to do that. But 
I don't have to buy any groceries being a manager. I get a manager <laughs> meal for free on top of Comida. So it's like, I just need to make sure I'm eating good and healthy and I'm, I'm good. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I worked at the restaurant, um, after we graduated, I was working like day shift, you know, open at 11 or whatever. I, I was just the driver, but you know, you kind of sweep up or do whatever and you know, maybe help the guy in the kitchen if it gets a little busy or something, you know, yeah, barely anything, but I really started making a cheeseburger basically every day for myself. And nice. all right, I'm going to put this on, I'm going to do this, you know, just kind of like fucking around on the griddle and, yeah. uh, or since it was a pizza place, I've had every single type of pizza, you know, I've put every combination of different shit and how thickness and all the yeah. different stuff, you know, so I can't even imagine what you guys do and play around with in the kitchen. That's not on the menu, you know? Well, what's different about this place. That's fucking, it's phenomenal is, um, everything sous vide. So in my old job, do you know what a sous vide is? It's like pressure cooked in a bag or something. So basically, that's, yeah. that's what I would go with. Yeah. <laughs> so you take whatever you're, let's say you get a pork chop. It's like a huge pork chop. Basically you throw it in some water. That's like a, the, the temperature that you want it to come to. So like 145 degrees, that's like a perfect medium for a pork chop. Gotcha. And basically you just put it in there for an hour. It's pretty much cooked. It's ready. So you keep it warm on the line. All you got to do is sear it off, make it look good, right. put, put all the sauce on there and whatever. And it's good to go. At the old place, it wasn't like that at all. Everything was from raw. So you're taking like 40 minutes to cook this giant pork chop. Right. And uh, no shit. You got to work around it. It's definitely difficult. And the sous vide has been a blessing and just like a blessing for sure. Drew, I mean, Drew, you're talking about speed and fast, like people want their food now. I mean, yeah. this mm -hmm. is a process that really helps that and, you know, allows you to crank out and do more business because you have stuff that's ready to just go ahead, throw back on the grill for a couple minutes and sear and serve it you know instead yeah. of cooking just straight from scratch so it's all prep work though i assume yeah a lot of prep for sure i think the only two raw things that we have or i'll just say fish and the duck breast right. duck breast you got to have that skin crispy it's got to be you could scratch a knife across it you got to hear it right. you know what i'm saying exactly yeah 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 so you literally just put it in a cold pan and let it sit there for like 15 minutes all that fat will render out you'll get a really nice crispy skin after that you just pop it in the oven for like five minutes let it rest for another five minutes. You're good. Damn. I don't know if I've ever had duck. Really? Duck's good. You should come to my restaurant. We I got was going to say, I should. <laughs> I would love to do that, man. That'd be really fun. Duck is really good. Yeah, we got a lot of good, like, crazy game meats. Like, you ever had venison? I'm, uh, yeah, I, I go hunting every year, actually. Nice. Do you? Nice. Yes. I uh, nice. got a buck this year. Okay. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would love to try some wild game. That'd be pretty cool. I, uh. I'm interested in all the time. Boy, of this shit. boy was making pheasant stock today. Okay. Yeah, that's what that that's what was on the counter when you came in. Okay, yeah. So I come in and the house smells of <laughs> not spices, but like a hearty broth. Like yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just it's yeah. incredible. I knew I figured you'd have something cooking. I'm like, these guys are gonna have Yeah, like you crazy. as a person, you never want to smell like broth, but you know, <laughs> walk into a kitchen that's normal and then you walk into a house that is also <laughs> occupied by four other people. And it just smells straight like pheasant broth for, you know, 24 hours. Hey, that's good, though. I mean, you want the house to smell nice, especially yeah. on the days that I'm making bread. People walk in when I'm making bread. They're like, dude, it smells amazing in here. <laughs> so did you start with bread? I feel like I maybe saw that first or maybe you really um, got into that. Or No. So I don't know. Like that just goes to the part of me being um, adventurous and what I want to cook and just being able to touch everything. You know what I'm saying? Be good at baking bread or just cooking in general. Just Baking is a lot different than cooking, correct? It is a it's science. A, right, exactly. For sure. You're measuring every little thing. And you got to have exact amounts. Um, there's something called baker's math. If you yeah. want to make your own bread recipe, you need to use baker's math. 
to get the uh, product that you want. Interesting. Is that like a baker's dozen or something? Or? So like, <laughs> for example, like, let's say I use a thousand grams of flour to make this two loaves of bread. You want to have 2% of salt and usually uh, like 70% hydration. So you want basically 700 grams of water in that thousand grams of flour. I know it's probably confusing. All over my head. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I just know that it is difficult to do. Um, he does make some really good fucking bread. So it looks great on Instagram. Yeah. 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 Congrats. I mean, every time I talk about it, people look at me like I'm speaking Japanese. So, so is it a sourdough? I know a little bit about it. You need the starter and the mother and all the shit. I used to do sourdough. Personally, I don't like sourdough. I don't like the flavor of it. I do like the flavor, but I can see how it's different. Uh, you know, yeah. Get, yeah, get help, yourselves, help yourselves. Okay, so we got uh, red breast Irish whiskey. Is that yeah. what it is? Red Irish breast twelve whiskey. year. All right, twelve year. Nice. These are uh, these guys are great at what they do. They're actually one of the leading producers for Irish whiskey. Very um, cool. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're talking about quality, red breast for sure is up there. The price is up there. Right. Um, but also they focus on like single malts as well and aged uh, different age expressions. They do. A sherry cask, um, which is a region from uh, Spain. Um, so they use those barrels and age their Irish whiskey in there. They do a lot of different stuff, but Red Breast is very well known. If you want to kick Jameson and start drinking right. something serious, here you go, Red Breast. Yeah, I mean, I know you said that you like bourbon, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I wanted to get like some uh, some good scotch, like some Ardbed Cory Brecken. It has a bite to it, like a real bite to it. And yeah. I, since you said Heat. bourbon, I think that I should like make it a little something smoother, a little Split bit the nicer. Yeah. You know Drew, here's here's your first ad. Red breast. I mean, <laughs> they need to call us. They need to pay you. Please. We're, we're, I mean, we're just randomly shouting out red breast right now, but you know yeah, what? No they better they outs. better reach out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the restaurant, JMO was the shot to do. Yeah. It was a big a pizza place Riverside. I don't know if you've yeah, yeah, yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's whatever. So but um that was the thing. Everybody drank Jameson, you know, yeah. so I kind of grew up on that, per se. Yeah. I don't really touch it anymore. I know this is a notch above Jameson or whatever. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's Green Spot, I think, is another one. Yeah, Green Spot's a good one, too. But, um, yeah, I like the bourbon a little bit more. I'm actually reading this book. It's called Imbibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. David Wondrich. It's yeah. all about classic cocktails and all this shit. Um, that dude is a historian when it comes to cocktails. Like, oh, yeah. Historian, writer. He is a uh, prominent figure in the bar world. Uh, all right, yeah. so I'm basically working my way up in this restaurant, right? Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah, but yeah. so you've, you've left the Italian place, right? Um, so I'm going to stay there for a little bit longer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, my chef starts realizing the skills that I'm building. And um, he starts seeing that, like, he comes to me for recipe advice. <laughs> basically um he's like oh so this is a new dish because it was constantly changing dishes all the time and i'm like yeah cool cool like we should add this we should add this and then basically i would be writing the recipes for for these uh dishes and some of them are still on the menu over there Damn. um and i started putting out specials you know what specials are yeah the sounds special yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically i'm creating dishes for the restaurant to sell okay uh, which is basically what I do on my food page, Criv Culinary. Check it out. Shout out. Instagram. <laughs> we said no free ads. We said no free ads. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to cost you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I made that beautiful scallop dish. It was um, U12 scallop seared perfectly, 120 degrees. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
with some Calabrian uh, vodka sauce and spaghetti. Very simple and some basil as well. Um, basically, I sold that. Sold out every single time. I made about like five specials. Every time I put out a special, it did great. No shit. And, um, so you had repeating customers that would know they're, they like the stuff that you're putting out. Right. Or I would put it on Snapchat like, hey, my uh, my new dish is out. Like, come check it out at Encontro. No Just shit. That. That's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And it would do well every time, you know, more than the sous chef at the time. So. Ooh, hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, so after I left there, I start working at this new spot. Um, it's a fine dining Scottish restaurant. Do I say the name? Up to you guys, yeah. All I right. say, say all the names. Yeah, say the name everywhere. Yeah, yeah uh, Balmoral Restaurant, Campton Hills. Check it out. It's great. All right. Um, so, you know Sarah Kulvich? She is the manager there. Really? Yeah, and she saw my food page and everything that I was putting out, and I guess they need someone over there, so she reached out to me. And she's like, hey, like I see your food posts. Everything looks great. Like You should come on over here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll check it out. And then I look it up, and I see like it's like a five-star restaurant. Really? Yeah. I'm like, this is great. Like, I'm looking to get out of where I'm at now and expand because I learned everything there. Basically, they say it's time to leave when it's not to your advantage anymore, when you're not learning anymore. So, and it was more to their advantage for me being there. Right. Like you said, you were making the recipes. They were asking you questions. Right, right. So, I leave. And now I'm learning so much because it's like classic French cooking, basically learning a whole bunch of sauces, how to cook all these game meats, and, like, it's just insane. Yeah, Rue. You, you left. You Rue. Left for, <laughs> yeah. You left for growth, and that's what you got to do. And, for sure. Uh, it was time for you to definitely go somewhere else and learn from some other people because some places, once you just hit there, I mean, continued education is key in anything you do. Um, if you want to be the best or stay on top and, you know, at that restaurant – not that I'm hating on anything suburban, you know, there are great restaurants in the suburbs, but some places are just there to operate and try to make a little bit of money, even though restaurants are super hard to make money out of. And oh, yeah. uh, unfortunately there, it wasn't as, you know, I, I don't like talking bad on anywhere that I've worked. I just think it was like definitely time for Nick to kind of move on and start to learn some new stuff. Absolutely. And I definitely took a pay cut <clears throat> for sure, which I was fine with just, just because Everyone that works at this place that I'm at has gone to culinary school or is in culinary school. Yeah. And uh, I'm the only one who didn't have that. So it was a very long um, employment phase, I should say. It was like a whole month. And and the chef's like asking me all these questions. And I go in for the interview. And he's like, yeah, I see some of your stuff. Um, How about you create a dish for me and come in and make it for me? And that'll determine if you get the job or not. Okay. I'm like, okay. Right. So I make um, it's a it's a seared salmon with a lemon pea risotto and Brussels sprouts, uh, pretty simple, really good, and a horseradish cucumber dill sauce. Mm. So I did that, and he loved it. He said salmon was perf- uh, cooked perfectly, and I got the job. Yeah. So were you kind of showing off a little bit, like I'm going to cook this fish? To the T, you know. Yeah, basically. I mean, <laughs> especially in a restaurant like this, like everything needs to be perfect. Like, yeah. If if you fuck up a lot, like you're gone. Yeah. Now now we stay humble. Um, <laughs> so, you don't have to. <laughs> so when so when we say that, because we remember where we came from, and you know, one day we weren't 
where we are now. You know, it, it takes a lot of work, but yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, Nick killed the salmon. Nick's a killer cook, <laughs> and then I think the guy said, "Yeah, but the risotto needs some work." And it's like, oh, oh shit! I added, we, I added we, too much butter. To the we risotto. work. We work at an Italian restaurant. And the risotto's fucked. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I will say that was probably the the worst risotto <laughs> I have ever made in my life. That's bad. That's so yeah. Funny. It, it was. It was. But uh, you know, it worked out because it tasted good. So. Right. It may have not had the right consistency. You know what I'm saying? Mouthfeel, yeah. Yeah. So, but you know what? That it's is a, funny. it's okay. Pour, pour I'm here. Yeah. I'm still there. I'm still there. So, that's cool. Um, so, I, I, I thought it was a Scottish restaurant, but the, you guys are doing French food? I guess I don't understand. So, okay. So, basically, in the culinary world, the, the French are like, the masters of like laying down how things should be done. Right. And in in all the culinary schools now they teach like the, the classic basic French techniques of how to make these dishes. Right. Um, Foie gras. Foie gras. I just had foie gras at a tasting menu not too long ago. Oh really? It's pretty good. (laughs) Um, I've never had it before. It's interesting. It's, it's obviously very fatty because it's a fatty duck liver. Right. Um, but yeah, it was really good. I, I, my friend was like, "Yeah, I had it. It was disgusting." And I'm like, "You know what? Like, just because of what I do for a living, I need to try this." Yeah, so I went to this tasting menu. Uh, they give you like two options for like five courses, and uh, I tried it. It was great. Um, There's this episode. I, I've waited 30 minutes to bring up Anthony Bourdain, but anyways, they go to Montreal and they're ice fishing, and it's these two the cooks from Joe Beef. I don't know if you know this restaurant, famous, and all this stuff. They're in this ice fishing shanty in the middle of a frozen lake, and they've got like pounds of foie gras. They're searing on the top Damn. of the stove, and like all awesome. these fancy wines and like fine china and stuff. It's so funny to see like the yeah in the middle the of nowhere. Setting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you ever do any fine dining? Um, we actually went to this Japanese restaurant for my girlfriend's birthday this weekend. Roka Accor. Okay, it's I've in been the there. City. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's nice. I did the tasting menu there. I was shit faced, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> from what I remember, it was good. Yeah, it was good. I'm not a huge sushi guy, Japanese guy, but I, I tried a couple rolls and got some tiger prawn tempura to whatever. It was good. It was as, long, as long as the girl's happy, right? Yeah. Yeah. She, she wanted, wanted sushi. sushi. She, it's all good. Exactly. <laughs> I've been to Tao before as well. Um, okay. We kind of did a whole big thing a couple times, um, but I don't really eat that that good uh, in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have the money, man. You guys yeah, know it costs yeah, a lot to you know. It, it does cost. You're a spending lot. a couple hundred bucks just to eat. You know. I yeah. mean, for me, it's worth it. You know, of course. Just just because of what I do, it's great to get out and uh, experience. Like, it's your hobby. Get different inspirations yeah. for different dishes. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, restaurant people are just wired differently. I mean, some people have a little bit more wiring to them of just kind of like obsession you know i am someone who works in restaurants constantly and when i'm not working in restaurants i want to be at restaurants and just (laughs) you know it's it's a problem uh i think it's a good problem to have but um i'm passionate about it and you know i'm happy about being able to be passionate about something i do every day yeah especially if you're into beverage too you know you go out you get to taste different kinds of wines if you ever do a a tasting menu you get a wine pairing with it okay i just went to sepia in chicago it's like a two michelin star place uh did the um wine pairing that's where i had the frog raw okay every single wine that came out was phenomenal probably some of the best wine i've had that's awesome and those those are funny too because how many glasses did you have how many so i think it was four or five courses and they gave us like four 
So each course you get a glass of wine. It was like a three ounce pour. Right. That's what I'm saying. I feel like you're getting shit faced on the way out. It's like I uh, I felt it. I felt <laughs> it on my way out. I was stumbling a little bit. <laughs> it's it's tough that you know these these fine dining places. They almost find a way to make you drink quickly because it's like, hey, you have eight courses coming, and guess what? You have eight pairings or something. Even though it's dialed back on the ounce pour a little bit, you got to be ready for the next course when it comes. Right. Out, exactly. You know? Yeah. You so have to. if you're if you're going slow on that first glass and the next course comes out and your second glass is there, then it looks like you're just double, triple fists and wine <laughs> to catch up. Hey, but you know what? When you go to a fine dining restaurant and you're spending two hundred and forty dollars, they better not rush you. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah, don't want to feel rushed. I, I know. There's been a few times I've gone to tasting menus. Roca Accord was one of them. I went a little late. That's my fault. But they, uh, they'll fucking just, they'll push it out on you. Right. And it's like, bro, like, let me, like, digest this and think about it. And, like. They're trying to turn that, the room over. That, that does come down to, like, servers as well, you know. And, yeah, you know, time is money. You want to turn tables. You know, every business owner is going to say that. But at the same time, you're in the hospitality industry, and you just got to make sure, like, you're still being hospitable to your paying customers, you know. Right. But, yeah, they should not be, you know, if, if courses are coming out and you're still working on a dish or something that's on, you know, from a house. But, um, you know, sometimes it's not perfect all the time. But when you're paying for an experience like that, you shouldn't be getting rushed. And I think that um, while we're on this topic, I might as well just say my favorite restaurant of all time that I've ever been to and did a tasting menu. I've done multiple. Les Trois in Madison, Wisconsin. Really? Yeah. French. It's a French restaurant. Only tasting menus. They changed the menu like every week or two. Yeah. Brilliant. I had a great time there. It's, it has a beautiful view of the capital right there. Yeah. And they treat you like royalty. Basically. That's awesome. Yeah. All French food, I'm assuming? Yeah. It's, well, yeah, it's a French restaurant. But, I mean, in America, it, we're in America, right? So... So. There's something called <laughs> new. There, there's something called new American, okay. and it's basically taking every different kind of cuisine and combining it into one. It's a fusion. Gotcha. So that's what I would consider myself as when I make my dishes is a fusion. So like new American, and I think that's the best way because it gives you the most creative freedom. And and looping back, I mean, when you were asking about like, oh, it's a Scottish restaurant, but French cooking techniques. Right. And like how he was talking about it is like the base of a lot of uh, authentic cooking there. The preparation. Like they lay down the ground rules, basically. Yeah. Like that is the most like modern and like that is the standard for fine dining cooking. Basically. Right. right exactly. All the at least European food, especially maybe Japanese is different or something. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like the five mother sauces. Right. And that's like what goes into making like, you know, like. And butter. And bu lots of butter. butter. <laughs> lots That's of French butter. cooking. Right. <laughs> butter. Exactly. Just... That's funny. Duck fat, you know. <laughs> Again, I'm bringing up Bourdain, but he went to Peru, I think, and they were basically saying that the Amazon, you know, has all these crazy roots and berries and fruits and shit that nobody even knows what it mm -hmm. tastes like. So they were trying to say that South America is going to be, like, the next big thing because they're going to have all these different flavors and, you know, that's kind of their – building those countries up so, you know, so they yeah. can afford finer dining yeah. restaurants and all that kind of stuff. 
seems kind of a stretch. I don't know really any South American uh, food, but I, I, I hope so. Um, you know, there's always new stuff coming up and, you know, new waves and, you know, this is what's hot now. And that's always going to be a thing. But I mean, you know, another show that's kind of cooking wise chef's table. I think there is like Fire. a guy in South America that literally forages in the Andes mountains. Oh, that's awesome. His name is blanking on me, but it's like this guy is literally finding certain things and bringing them back to labs to like get it looked at. So it's like, okay, that it's edible, right? You know, like these berries like that you have, like, so you don't die an hour later and you just lose all motor function type. Yeah. That's kind of scary, right? Like, uh, like Magnus, uh, Magnus Nilsson's restaurant. What was it? Flavikin. Yeah. This guy, he was in Sweden, right? Every single thing on the menu was foraged, basically. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it's like, like who are you hiring? Who's like master master foragers that like can identify everything perfectly? Because you're getting like enough to feed a whole restaurant. Like who's sitting there and identifying? They're, like they're for serving sure. Elkhorn heart, you know, <sighs> on a straw mat with spices. I, I don't know. There's actually one dish <laughs> at that restaurant. It was a, a quail egg that was. Wrapped in the ashes of sheep shit. What the fuck? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and this is like a Michelin star restaurant. Right, 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 right. Like what, dude? Yeah, again, I think I know who you're talking about. He he was like using like moss and shit. Or like yeah, little yeah, yeah, like yeah. flowers and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, again, yeah. how do you how are you able to gather all of that every day to support a whole restaurant? How so, do you, how do you have the literature, the books, like backing this shit, you know? Right, you're like a botanist. How, yeah, <laughs> how do you figure this out, you know? And, you know, props to those people because, I mean, that's another level of, of obsession. And, like, I'm how much at, do you but... pay those guys? You're, like, you're in a restaurant in the middle of nowhere. It takes hours to get to this place. Okay. And you have a staff to pay, you know? Like, you got, like, 12 tables in your restaurant. How, how are you paying for this? And I just don't understand. And a place where nothing grows, like... Mm-hmm. six months out of the year. Right. That's true. Yeah, you're in Scandinavia. It's, uh... So they have, like, this shed. I mean, we're out here just talking about everyone else now at this point, but, like, they have the shed, and they keep all their stuff there that's pickled or, you know, dried, that's whatever, and they utilize all that throughout the six months where, like, nothing's growing. Oh, it's geez. crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. So you're still at the Scottish restaurant. You're still sharpening your skills. Mm-hmm. Um, have, you, have you acquired any respect from the older guys yet? Yeah, so that just started in the last, like, two months or so. I've been there for seven months. Okay. Um, Still new. Right. So our sous chef, uh, he's, like, been out for, like, two months because he's doing some school stuff. He's young. He's really young. Um, So now that the sous chef's gone, they've just been throwing mad mad responsibility on me, doing, like, all the stuff that he does. Yeah. it's kind of what you need, though, man. You yeah, yeah. Step up or... Because uh... I'm used to that at my old job. I was pretty much running the kitchen at that point. Right. Um, and actually, with now that I said that, they uh, they contacted me about a month or two ago, and they were like, hey, like you should come back. I'll pay you like $2 an hour as a lead line. He's like, um, you'll probably be making more than the sous chef. Mm. So that's all I'm going to say. Right, so the uh... <laughs> <laughs> maybe a negative thing about the restaurant industry that you know needs needs work, but for sure, um, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's you know. one of those jobs where it is sort of separated. Like the girls are the servers, and the guys are the the bartender or whatever. Yeah, or you know, it all switches. But you know what I mean. You yeah, know, I mean, people have always said a lot of things about you know restaurant workers of like, oh, they all smoke cigarettes, or oh, they all have sex with each other, or oh, they all go out and get shit faced like every day. You know, right. and this is all true. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, the. Uh, I don't want to get you guys in trouble. Or whatever, <laughs> yeah, we're shooting this shit. Yeah. Um, at a restaurant I've worked at in the past, it was definitely, you know, you, you got a, a beer in the in the fridge underneath the, you know, like with the lettuce, you know, you got a beer yeah. in there or you're running out. Like you said, everyone's smoking cigarettes. I don't know what you guys smoked, but uh, I was definitely ripping marble lights with all the all the boys out back. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's just fun, dude. I, I yeah. fucking miss it sometimes. It, right? It's a great time. It's a great social experience. Yeah. You meet a lot of great people, like yeah. he said, from all different walks of life. And you also meet a lot of shitty people, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm happy to be in my position because I can, you know, hire people that have good attitudes. That's that true. care about what they do and just are good people, you know? I right. mean, when, you, when we look back at Nick about, you know, he had zero professional cooking experience. You know, we just want people that can come in, have a great attitude, great mindset that can give to our culture and we'll train everything else. You know, it's, it's simple. We can train every single other factor. And at the end of the day, you can't, you know, train a attitude or a personality. If someone's a piece of shit, they're a piece of shit, you right. know, and that's going to put a wedge in the team as well. And that creates a lot of toxic cultures in restaurants that I think a lot of people don't care to take the time out of to kind of work through that or work with some of these people that maybe shouldn't be on the, the staff. Um, and that's where I think a lot of restaurants go south super quickly because there's so much always going on in the restaurant that that's the last thing that people want to try to manage. But like managing person personalities is like, big big part of it yeah of course if one person no call no shows and then you fuck the whole restaurant and everybody hates that person yeah, you know yeah, you're yeah, like fuck yeah, you yeah and then you know all of a sudden you see on their instagram story they're just out drinking beers as a sunday fun day or for some sure shit, you know and, you're, sure. and your buddies just got completely fucked <laughs> for five hours they gotta you know ice their knees when they get home because it's just been like a crazy crazy shift some people maybe have to cover that shift or work longer you know that's passing eight hour shift or something like that. I mean, right. a lot of factors go into it. A lot of factors. And that's why I value those vacations so much because you, you're not taking days off in the kitchen because it's a very close knit group of people. It's not like you're working in a big, big, uh, corporation or business where if you take a day off, like it's no big deal. Of like, course. like they need you there. Right. <clears throat> and I think that, uh, what you were saying, it kind of cuts into the fact of, um, when COVID hit, like the restaurant industry lost like 50% of the people. Um, so they are taking people in with like no experience and finding people who are just passionate about it. And they're more willing to learn the trade and everything, all the skill set. So that's really good. Yeah. I know you're still new at this restaurant, but I, is there a, what's the next challenge in your head? You know, like where would you want to go to next if you could, or, you know, you want to take on Latin um, or? Well, I've always wanted to do like a Japanese restaurant. I was thinking of like Shaku in St. Charles. Right. You ever been there? I've not. It's a good spot. It's a good spot. Um, Drew's getting his sushi game up. He's been the real yeah, I was yeah. going to say, yeah. He hit towel. <laughs> oh, he'll get there. He's, he's going to get there with his girl. What about, um, 
Otomito or something? Moto Emoto? Yeah, I haven't been there either. I'll probably work there too. <laughs> <laughs> what about, uh, so for Valentine's Day, we went to St. Charles Place Steakhouse. You guys ever been there before? Yeah, OG, OG. I've never been there, but I've heard about it. Apparently, that's like competition. I think we went, mm. I think we went there when you were like a baby. Okay. I, it yeah. was like I don't the, remember. It was one of the most random spots our dad took us. It was like just us three one night. It was like a boys' night out. He took us gotcha. to St. Charles Get steaks. Steakhouse, you know? like men. Yeah, <laughs> and like let's go here and you know we'll hang out and I'll have some you know bourbon on the rocks or whatever. Right. It's like we were next ordering a, a T-bone steak at age <laughs> six, and my dad's like, "You're not getting that shit." He's like, "No, I don't <laughs> want it." And I'll like eat a little bit of it, and you know, my dad's just like, "What the fuck?" And those oh. holidays are those holiday the holidays are ruthless. What do you mean? Like the prep and everything, like because they're just so busy. Like right. this Valentine's Day at, at uh, the job that I'm at now, I shucked 200 oysters. Oh my god! In like two hours. <laughs> Did you like stab your hand or anything? No, no, because I mean, there's proper technique to it. You know, oh, you, you oh, just gotta I'm like, sorry, you just gotta, <laughs> you just gotta like fold a towel. Like, okay, let's say uh, you the, gotta jimmy it. The towel's here. You fold it over. You put the oyster here in the back. Okay. So you're you put it in. You shake it. And then you kind of skim it along the top that connects, uh, disconnects the muscle that's uh, on top of the oyster, and then you cut underneath. Okay. Those are, <laughs> that's one of those foods that I'm just like, uh, I don't want to even. Yeah. So you're not very adventurous when it comes to your, like, eating. I'm getting more out there, but yes, I'm pretty meat and potatoes, I would say. Yeah, yeah. But I again, gotta, I love the restaurant thing. I love being there. I love, like, the white tablecloth, yeah. the, the cocktail. I love all that shit, you know. So I want to I want to be able to, to go to those cool places. Yeah, so yeah. I want to expand my palate, but it's also like, I don't want to order the wrong thing, or what yeah. if I get it and I don't like it, you know. So that's why the tasty menu is kind of a cool thing, because you're it like, is. I'm just going to trust these people. They, yeah. They're going to be good. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be bad. So, yeah. Um, so are you, like, picky then? I just think my parents, you know, just didn't really, it's just normal food, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just. You're getting like at home cooked meals probably like for every sure. day of the week maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, we didn't really eat dinner too much here every night. I think there was maybe like one night a week maybe on Sundays where we would have like a family dinner. Oh, really? And it was super like basic, you know? It was like your traditional like here's chicken breasts from the grill with some like. No salt. <laughs> No salt right. with some, like, broccoli from a bag that we threw in the microwave and, you know, rolls or something. I mean, that's yeah. part of the reason I really started cooking, too, is because I got tired of eating the same stuffed peppers from Jewel For sure. every day of the week. <laughs> For sure. That'll get you to start fucking around, start making bacon and eggs and stuff. And our our mom has actually really elevated her cooking game. Um, I'm working on it. I'm working she's, on it. She's elevated. She's elevated. She's she's making things here and there now. That's funny. Doesn't like cooking, but yeah, I just gotta out, teach shout her. Shout out, mom. Yeah, I just gotta teach her how to season her food. She really, really <laughs> well, needs you're, to. You're get a on professional, that. man. Talk to her. That's about funny. It. I taught her how to make soup the other day. It was cool. It was great. <laughs> soup. I uh, I taught. I was like, all right. So it was unsalted. I ta I was like, taste this. She's like, mmm. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I fucking salted it, you know, seasoned it, like, perfectly, and, and I, t I gave it to her. She's like, okay, now, like, I see what you're talking about. Right, there's a I'm difference. Like, Use this information, please. <laughs> That's funny. My dad's actually a pretty good cook. He'll do, like, a big Sunday meal of sorts. Um, closer to that American fusion thing, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously not to your level, but just kind of more traditional stuff. You yeah. Know? But um, he's pretty good, but, yeah, other than that, it was like, you know. Mac and cheese on the stove and that type of shit. Do you ever yeah. do any uh, barbecue? 
yeah, he'll fuck around a little bit. We don't have, like, a nice grill. We keep talking about getting, like, a Traeger or something, you know, and smoking everything, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, um... Weber Smoky Mountain's a fire. It's it's a really solid smoker if you're interested in that. Okay. Yeah, I got one outside. <clears throat> I just got it this summer, and uh, I look forward to summers now because <laughs> smoked meat is just a different level for sure. Yeah. That's another scary one, like baking, where it's like, you could fuck this up, and it's going to be 12 hours later, you find out if you fuck it up or not. <laughs> it's definitely like a whole day's of work basically because yeah. you got to tend to the fire make sure that it's like the right temperature but like the outcome is just so worth it yeah and that's kind of part of the fun right you're like hey crack up a couple beers and watch yeah. the smoker oh. tend the fire you know yeah i get it you're speaking my language i get sure. it man <laughs> i get it that's fun okay what about i was thinking about this italian food is essentially just the same five ingredients in different shapes just like mexican food is the same five ingredients in different shapes what do you think about that i see what you're saying uh it's very it's definitely a very basic cuisine uh but like i said like things are modernizing now and even in italy right now like they are changing the game on how things are done like there's traditional italian which is pretty basic some will even say it's boring i don't think so but um I've heard it's more seafood, right? It's not like red sauce and pasta. That's like Italian. It depends. It depends on the. It depends on the region of Italy, because you know, if you're more like south, or if you're on the coast, it's all going to be seafood. If you go a little bit more north, it's going to be like a little bit more like meats and like pizza and and stuff like that. Right, as you get closer to mainland Europe, yeah. Yeah, like I mean, there's a lot of items that you know. I think people in America need to also still understand, like. Chicken Parmesan is not an Italian dish. That was something that was made in America. Um, You know, so when people are looking around and they're, oh, you don't have chicken Parmesan here or you don't have tiramisu. And it's like, well, you know, this is a Roman restaurant and we don't we don't serve that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but it's, it's funny and it's like, you know, people, you know, these mom and pop joints, which there is definitely like respect due for those spots. Like I love a mom and pop spot that does give you a fat serving, you know, and the quality is there, but the quantity is huge. Like it's cool that there's some differences with that, that you can go ahead and find a place that is like decently affordable and priced and they're giving you a shit ton of servings, you know? Right. Yeah. I just went to a Southern cafe today for the first time. I, uh, it's in St. Charles. I, uh, I ate like, I ate like a quarter of it. I still have like four meals left. I swear to God, the portion <laughs> size was fucking insane, dude. I'm looking forward to it. Not gonna lie. <laughs> What'd you get? Oh, uh, I got a Louisiana. So it's like andouille sausage, uh, bell peppers. Like, you know, like, ah, have you ever been to Louisiana? I have not. New Orleans is definitely on my list. Though. It is on my list as well. So it's basically like that Creole cooking in a French, skillet. Yeah. So that. So Montreal, like I said about the Bourdain thing, and then New Orleans are two cities that I really want to go to because of that French influence, but it's not France. It's almost yeah. European, but it's not. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. And obviously Louisiana is way different than Montreal, but it's like, you know, yeah. it's cool. It's, it's like yeah. a different, you know. Yeah, it's really cool how that fully started. I mean, Montreal for sure is like definitely on the list for myself and looks incredible and yeah i mean louisiana finds a way to make it so- a southern you know i've heard they do i think it's vietnamese and louisiana fusion i think or like thai and okay and louisiana, sounds pretty like good creole <laughs> fusion it's something because of the crawfish so they can okay. use that and they mix it with uh an asian 
what, whatever version yeah. they would do from yeah. their native prawn or whatever the fuck. But yeah. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, like how they do like the Mexican and Korean barbecue kind of yeah, combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's like that with travel, too. Like, people will be like, oh, yeah, like, I want to go to Europe. I want to see, like, all these different countries. It's like, okay, like, we have a whole continent, basically, here. Yeah, of course. Like, people overlook visiting the States, I feel like, you know, because there are people over in Europe saying the same thing. Like, oh, I want to go to the U.S. Exactly. And if you go to different states, like Louisiana and, like, different places, like, they have their own culture. They have their own cuisine, like... Sure. Get out there, like travel where we're at. Like you don't need to go across the seas to experience a lot of cool things. Yeah, you're totally right. I need to travel more. Yeah, I, 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 I know too. everybody feels that way, but hey, if this takes off, you'll be able to. <laughs> that I mean, dude, if I could have the financial freedom to you know, pick this up, put it in my backpack, and go wherever and find somebody, you know, in fucking New Orleans, you yeah, know, yeah. do a podcast there, it'd be so fun, man. That's that's definitely the the dream, the goal, whatever you want to call it. But uh, what are you doing now, like work wise? I work for a general contractor. Okay. Uh, so we build houses on the North Shore, Evanston to Lake Forest, basically. So it's kind of upper end uh, suburbs of Chicago. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's really cool. So we do these big houses on the lake and everything. I just, I'm a laborer. I take out the trash and sweep the floors and stuff. Right, but right. Um, I've got a van. Uh, I got a you know gas card, all the shit. So. Hey, but that's how you work your way up, right? That's what they keep telling me, yeah. Got to put in that groundwork. Yeah, so, uh, again, that's why I love doing this, because it's kind of like a, you know, my job sucks, you know, so it's kind of like, you, you get it, you, you were doing grunt work, carrying boxes and stuff for UPS, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of takes a toll on you, so it's fun to do this and kind of, you know, have another hobby. What I've been getting into now is photography, actually. Okay. Um, if you want some fucking, if you want some headshots or some shots for your podcast, I yeah. got you, for real. Maybe do a real uh, cover photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, seriously, like, I got you, because cool. I've been doing food photography for about a year, but now I'm starting to do, like, portraits, okay. so, um, cool. I was supposed to have a client today, but she canceled, but it's okay, I got her next week on Monday. All right, nice. Yeah, dude, that's the other thing with the scheduling, a bunch of people hit me up to do it, a bunch of people have flaked on it, you know, so it's kind of yeah. like, man, and then I'm also trying to schedule everybody, and, you know. It's rough, it's rough. Doing all the things, so, right, you, you understand, too, but, uh. It's, it's still fun. Um, so how would the, like, money come into it then? Um, hypothetically, I would do ads. So okay. uh, a company would, if I had X amount of listeners on every episode or for the last couple episodes, they would pay me X amount of money to, you know, basically guarantee that that many people would listen to their ad. Well, um, what have you thought about YouTube? Um, yeah, so YouTube I have not done because it's no video. Obviously, it's all audio. Um, and Would you then, want it to be video? Yeah, I did, I'd, I'd have it be video as well, but it's just another thing for me to edit, and I'm doing it well, all by myself. I mean, if if you want, <laughs> I got the, I got a, I just got a great uh, camera setup. So, for real? Yeah, so I'm thinking about doing uh, f uh, videography for a cooking channel on YouTube. That would be sick, man. Yeah, you should totally do it. That's what I'm saying. And then I'm trying to get like clients, and just like I'm trying to get into photography, yeah. right? So. Uh, Photography and videography. I work with a dude who works on movies. Okay. Um, really cool. But I'm trying to really get into that. And if uh, if I get good at it, if you need somebody. Yeah. No, that'd be really cool. Let me know. Or even if um, you just help me find the right stuff to buy or how to use it or something, even would be cool. Like camera-wise? Yeah. I just I don't know how to do this shit, man. I'm figuring it out on my own, you know? Yeah. It's, 
But it's just one more thing to do. So that's why I'm putting yeah. off the video. I'm just like, I'll wait a little bit longer. Yeah. You'll work I'll, your way up. Right. Also, not going to lie, the YouTube thing I'm kind of scared about because then people can see how many views I'm getting. Yeah. And it's kind of intimidating. Mm. I'm not, there's like two people listening to this, you know? So it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't want people to be deterred by going, oh, nobody likes this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want yeah. To, you don't know if you listen to it and you like it, then you like it and you can listen to it and you're not swayed by people's opinions. Well, yeah. that comes back to just exposure, you know? And right. like... And if you have more outlets than just Spotify or whatever, like more people are going to see it, more views are going to happen, and then you get shares and all this, and then it, it snowballs. Yeah. Trust me. I know you're right. I know I need to do the YouTube. I know I need to make the video. It's it's all on my list. I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah, do yeah. it. I need a good kick in the butt every once in a while to do it. Yeah. Everyone, everyone starts somewhere, man. Yeah. Yeah. Frequent, frequent posting, stuff like that, all helps. I was actually thinking about... um. Maybe trying to be like a private cook for people. So that's how you could really make money and have a lighter schedule, right? Yeah, because you're yeah. working on your time. You know, you yeah. get a big client and you can chill for a couple of weeks. Fuck it. You know, why not? You know, you, you're charging a couple thousand bucks, right? I mean, I don't know how much. I mean, costs, you can make bank. And yeah. that's the thing about this industry, too, is you're just throwing all your time to it. You know, if you were to do this for your whole life, like, you're going to have relationship problems. Oh, yeah. You're going to have, you know, you're, you're not going to have the wife. time for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, dude, like, I love what I do, but at the same time, I don't like the hours. Yeah. And, like, I, I'm a free bird. That's why I left UPS, because I want to travel and do this and that. Yeah. So I need to find the best way to do that. And if I could take my skills with photography and just being my own boss with that, you know, like... Yeah. Catering. Catering or... You know, just cooking for people, private like meal prep, pickups. Yeah. I've heard the meal prep thing is crazy too, right? Because uh, it takes a lot of time to, to set it up for all the people every week. So you're you're paying, you know, yeah. a lot of money. Every That's day. like a job in itself. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, I don't I don't see myself being able to do that unless I didn't have a job. No, that would become your job. Yeah, right. So on Sundays, I've been for the last maybe six months, maybe I do. Chicken breast, broccoli. I was doing rice, but now I've switched to mashed potatoes because I'm, I feel like the mashed potatoes might kind of bulk me up a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Extra butter in there. but uh, So I do that for every day for lunch, and then I make like a little bacon, egg, and cheese for five days and put it in the fridge for the week. Sounds it, good. It takes all day on Sunday, basically. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm down to like four-ish hours for the whole fucking thing, start yeah. to finish. But uh, – Pulling that box out of the fridge every morning. It's yeah, just you're like set. You're set. <laughs> worth it. Feels so good. I was buying, you know, bullshit McDonald's every day at work and everything. You guys don't even know what I'm talking about because you work in a fucking <laughs> restaurant. <but laughs> yeah. Being on the job site, you know, you, there's not a lot of options, you yeah, know. So yeah. um, it's nice to nice to be doing this, but the chicken is just so fucking boring. Yeah, yeah. I mean You just gotta like you you gotta find other things to go with it. You know what I'm I saying? Know, I know. Like I, I was with my girl today, right? Like before you came a few hours before. She, I'm like, I have these chicken breasts. We gotta cook them. She's like, I don't, I don't want to have just chicken breasts. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, look in the fridge. Like, we could stuff them. We could stuff the chicken breasts. <laughs> so we're like, fuck it. I got some cream cheese, got some Parmigiano Reggiano, and some parsley and some garlic. Made it all mixed up. Sliced the uh, chicken breasts on the side, stuffed it, and then I got some tomato sauce from my freezer. I seared the chicken. Turned it around, put the sauce in there, threw it in the oven, just let it cook in the tomato sauce, and it was fucking really good. Yeah, I can fucking smell it in my head right yeah. now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Probably smelled it when he walked in. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> How about we just take a little break? Let's take a break. The restaurant you're at now, do you want to say where it is? What yeah. it is? Yeah, I'm at Testaccio. Um, T-E-S-T-A-C-C-I-O. That is a restaurant in Logan Square, Chicago, Illinois. Um, Roman restaurant that is... My owner's uh, niche, he is a European man himself. He likes to bring experiences from Europe back to Chicago so people can experience it for the first time if they've never been uh, to places in Italy. He's from Belgium originally, but he also has a French-Parisian speakeasy wine bar in the basement of Testaccio. And then he has Osteria Lange, or Osteria in Italian dialect, and then Lange. Um, because I know he'll probably just get at me for saying <laughs> the, the English white version of it. But um, Osteria Lange, which is Piemontese focused, that has been actually nominated twice um, by publications across the country as one of the best Italian restaurants in the country. So it's really cool to work for like an OG Logan Square restaurant tour before for Logan sure. Square really blew up to be this food and beverage community that it is right now. Yeah. It's and a little hipstery, you could say, right? It is, it is. Yeah. And, you know, full power to it. I love it. I love that neighborhood. It's cool. Love living in the neighborhood. I walk to work every day. Um, it's That's lively. really what you're working for, man. If you can walk to your work, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I do miss my car, but I sold that to make a little coin. Um, <laughs> and you know what? It's It's been great walking to work, but also, like, just seeing people that I've seen in the restaurants on the street and, like, knowing them. You know, it's yeah. almost like it's becoming my new home. And Logan Square was the first neighborhood I was going out to with my friends when we were 21 in For Chicago sure. and, you know, hitting up all these cool hipster bars and all my friends are like, where the fuck are we going? You know, and I'm like, oh, this place, uh, the Rattler has hammer schlogging and right. there's nails and hammers <laughs> and we can drink beers and slug nails into yeah, this yeah, like yeah. log, you know, and they're yeah. like, all right, I guess, <laughs> you know, like we can go there. But um, yeah, so I've been I've been frequently uh, frequenting Logan a lot ever since I became 21 and always wanted to work in the industry there and now I'm running a restaurant in Logan. It's great. That's awesome. I had a buddy who I was maybe 18 and he was 22 or something. We worked together. Okay. And he's like, you know, we, we've been working all summer together. He's like, I'm taking you out, you know, you know, I'll, we'll sneak into bars or something. Yeah, yeah. And he said he lived in Logan Square, but he actually lived like in the Mexican neighborhood right next to it or whatever. Oh, okay, so okay, he was yeah. like in the hood. Maybe and like Her, Her, Hermosa right. maybe. I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was on Pulaski. I can't remember. But okay. anyways, um, He's like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's a quick walk, you know, we, we got there. But uh, all I remember is like a lot of PBR. That's the hipster yeah, thing. And yeah. then uh, I totally got way too drunk. And it was yep. irresponsible of me to be out with him. But he, he dragged me along to all the yeah, bars. It was man. fun. It was I fun. mean, I mean, you know, 15, 20 years ago, if you told people like, yeah, I'm moving to Logan Square, they'd be like, you're out of your mind. Like it, it really wasn't a great neighborhood. Um, and when restaurants were finally starting to like kind of pop up in Logan, people were like, why are you going there? And then all of a sudden it really kind of took, took stride and just started to create this community where it's really known as probably I would say I might be biased, but I think it's the best food and beverage neighborhood in Chicago, hands down. Wow. And uh, that's talking about affordability, um, hospitality, um, eclectic cuisines that are from all over the place. You can, you can go to, multiple restaurants in Logan and still feel like 
you haven't been to all of them and there's just more and more popping up and it's just the greatest thing in the world for a food and beverage person to be like, I'm going to go to this place and I'm going to go to this place. And like, I still haven't hit every single restaurant in Logan, but every spot that I've hit has been at least above like a seven. It's, it's great. I definitely need to do a little bit more, um, looking around there for sure, because I know that there's a lot of great restaurants there and I definitely need to put in my work and just seeing what's to offer over there. Okay. What about the restaurant or is it industry discount? Is that a thing? Do you guys flash that card around a little bit? Monday nights. So, okay. So industry night. Yeah. Industry night. Industry night is a thing for some places. Um, a lot of bars do it more so. Um, but it's a great way to just kind of get people in the industry to come hang out and meet each other. Obviously, like Nick has talked about earlier on, like the hours are like crazy, right? So, I mean, even dating people outside of the industry is really hard to do because you have completely opposite schedules. I mean, I've had multiple girlfriends where it's like they work nine to five and I'm working, you know, 2 p.m. to midnight every night, you know, and when we see each other, she's working or, you know, it's kind of like, hey, I just worked a 12 hour shift. I don't want to like talk. I just want to like chill and go to sleep, you know. So right. it's it's kind of tough with that. But industry night's a good little thing to kind of have everyone hang out and meet up and kind of go on a night that's not as busy and offer specials like, you know, $2 PBR or a $5 PBR with a shot of whiskey or something like right, that. Exactly. You know? That's kind of cool. Yeah. We don't we don't do it at my restaurant. Um but, you know, if we open up a bar because we are a company that is growing and we want to open up more concepts, then maybe that's in the in the cards. But right now, one of our spots does not do that. We have three concepts. It is uh, Testaccio, Swaff, which is the French Parisian uh, wine bar in the basement of Testaccio, and then there's Osteria Longe. Okay. So do you, you manage all of them, or you just manage one of them and you're under the brand? So under the brand, but I fully run Testachio, and then I oversee SWAF because it's in the basement. Um, right. I'm the only salaried front of house manager there. I'm right. the general manager, so I oversee both concepts. Cool. Um, eventually, I'm hoping here and before the end of the year, I can help oversee the other one, or if we open up a new concept or project. Um, right. Everything's been going great. I love who I work for. The company's great. It's a family company. Um, the daughter and son are even, like, heavily involved with it. They're great people. And I think uh, I have a decently bright future with them. And me and the owner have also talked about him, like, hey, you know, I'm ready to retire. Are you ready to take this thing over? And it's All like, right. yo, I'm in. You just let me know. Yeah. You know? And uh, he does Italian concepts, which is also my passion and my background. So I think it's been really cool. Um He's handed me over the wine list. He's been known as like the wine guy in Logan Square for the last 10 years. So that was like a huge thing as well. And uh, he trusts me with that, which is awesome. Yeah, it's an honor. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, He also was like a wine buyer importer for like 20 years where he was going to Italy, meeting the winemakers and purchasing the wines for like his company to sell. And that was like all over the country. Like he knows people in California, he knows people in New York. So like, so is he just an alcoholic or like <laughs> how, how real is this? You know, you know like, I mean, here's, here's the thing when we talk about industry people and like alcoholism, it's, it's like we're, it's tied in. <laughs> it's part it's of tied it. in because I mean, it's literally their job. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I, I wouldn't say, like, we're functional alcoholics. <laughs> I just think that we have um, 
We just can handle it better. You know? That's true. Well, I, it's, we, we it's part of the it job from an outsider perspective as well, because, because I know that you're in it as well. It's like, it's part of your job to taste these alcohols, make sure you know what goes with those alcohols, yeah, and like wine, wine pairings, like we said. Yeah. <clears throat> Making um, cocktails that are good. You have to know what's good in cocktails. So you have to drink a lot of cocktails. Yeah, right. yeah. Or yeah. if you got the new special, you got to tell the customer what it tastes like. You know, yeah. you have to at least try a sip. I know that we would do that the same thing. They'd make something and they'd throw yeah. it out on the table. Okay, everybody try it, you know, see what it tastes I'm like. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, we don't drink that much. And then, like, here we are, half a bottle of Red Breast 12 deep right now. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, uh, it's maybe, flowing. You know what? Maybe what I'm saying isn't correct. But, um, <laughs> no, man, I mean, what we do and everything and, like, you know, I've said a lot of the times and there are there is a drinking problem, I think, within the industry, but – um, I think people are becoming more aware of it and myself as like a manager and a leader of a team, like I want to do education with my staff every day and I can do education with my staff all the time and it could be drink focused, but I don't want to like have a hand in like, Hey, we're drinking this every day or we're going right. to try something new every day and you're going to drink before your shift and like, let's make that a norm. Right? Like, no, I don't want to do that shit. You yeah, know, of course, of course. I don't want to give people like potential problem in the future so even tasting myself you know there's times where it's like even these sales reps hey you got time to taste wednesday you got time to taste thursday and it's like hey man i'm running a whole fucking restaurant right, right. now i don't have time to just sit around i can make time if i really wanted to right, right. To sit around and get you know lit at 2 p.m and have three tastings back to back but like I got a whole shift to run after that, right, you know, right. like I don't want to have to do that or like deal with that. So, but that's how, you know, it's proof that you're grown up and you aren't yeah. an alcoholic or whatever, because yeah. it, you are being responsible about it. Of course yeah. I was joking around because yeah. you know, it's like, Oh, I'm an importer, exporter. Yeah, of wine. You know, I gotta yeah. try it all. Yeah. You know? I mean, Hey, <laughs> do we have Sambuca in our coffee here and there? Sure. You know, is that alcoholism? <laughs> I wouldn't say so. I would say that's just, you know, yeah, we would call it company meetings. They'd be like, hey, company meeting. Everybody go to the back. You'd all go to yeah. the kitchen and just be like a bunch of shots. Yeah, like, yeah oh, we, right. we would do uh, safety meetings. There you go. And, uh, you know, when I worked at Money Gun, which is a great cocktail bar in West Loop, I was only there for a short time, but it was... I uh, wonder why. Yeah, exactly. Very different from restaurants. You know, I, I jumped into that bar scene and it was like, this is way different for me. Um, you know, definitely different crowd than I'm used to, but... Shit, I, I learned from there even for the three months I was there. I was kicking drunk people out, which is not a fun thing to have to do. But when you're the manager, you have to do it. Um, and you know what? We would have safety meetings, and it was just like, hey, when you're working 4 p.m. to 3 a.m., you're just like at a certain point when you're doing high volume. And, like, shout out to the staff that worked there because it's just, like, constant, constantly doing cocktails, constantly, you know, talking to guests, keeping your head down low at the same time and – making hundreds of cocktails in a night. I mean, they are rock stars, but, um, you know, it's just, it's different. And when, you know, you get that one guest who is overserved or starting to become an asshole and someone's got to take five just to like get a quick breather after, you know, basically running a marathon by making cocktails. Oh yeah. It's like, Hey, let's, uh, let's have a safety meeting, meet in the back. We'll take a shot of tequila or, you know, a daiquiri and yeah. So I feel like drinking on the job is more of a front of house thing just because, you know, the bartenders, then they have to have the server's taste, this or that. Like, would you say that <clears throat> you drink like every day at work? No. Um, I think there is, I think it really depends on where you're at. Um, 
you know? Yeah, of course. And who you are, obviously. Yeah, yeah. who who you are and, and where you are. But, you know, some companies are like, yo, you can have a shift drink. Like, it's in their handbook. Like, hey, you get a shift drink. After the shift, though. After the shift. <laughs> are people who have maybe access to alcohol, maybe having a shot with a guest or whatever, or a server takes a shot with a table, I've okayed those things in the past because, you know, I think it's a way of like kind of creating a bond or a relationship with someone. If it's someone you want to create a bond or a relationship with, right? I mean, we want to be able to treat customers that come in that are regulars that like actually respect what we do, care for us as people, not like, hey, you know, like where the fuck's my drink? It's been five, you know, minutes or whatever, you know, like we don't want to take a shot with that person. We don't want to be able to be like, hey, we're cool. And then all of a sudden, like, you're drinking more and becoming an asshole. And it's like, okay, now you cross the line, buddy, you know, like, yeah, of course, of course. Um, but no, I think there's, there's different spots where, you know, someone can say, Hey, let's drink a lot. I think bars obviously do it more so. Um, but you know, restaurants, like I don't, I don't really say, Hey, you guys can take a shot of this or that, you know? Um, it's more so like if I make a cocktail that might go on the menu, Hey, everyone come over here and try this cocktail, you right, know? Right. Um, also, we just got through Rush, so it's also kind of a perk as well. You know, yeah, hey, every yeah, kind of, you know, yeah. Gets, keeps the spirits up. I yeah. totally get it. I totally understand. I'm, I'm not judging anybody. Yeah, or no, 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 no. I, I think it's cool, all. and I think it's fun, and I think it's an interesting aspect of the industry. Yeah, I mean, I've, there's a lot of people that would also say, like, in the industry, like, shit, how do you not drink sometimes because of like the yeah. high intensity, like high intensity, the pressure, right? Like it's a lot, man. And, and that's where that, uh, that after shift beer comes in, yeah. you know, exactly. it wasn't like that at my old job at all. Like alcohol, I feel like was for the kitchen, extremely restricted. You know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah. At this new place I'm at, it's like, okay, we, we work hard all day. We put in our prep, we put in our shift. It's a fucking busy service night afterwards, mm-hmm. you know? We're cleaning up. Let's crack a beer. Yeah. I think one of the coolest things that happened recently that I could even, you know, think of, and it was on Valentine's Day, and we were working, and we are usually closed Monday, Tuesday, but we opened up on Tuesday because it was Valentine's Day and it was going to be a busy day. company makes money. The staff makes money. They get an extra day. And we had an industry person actually come in, and they brought a 24-pack of beer and said, hey, this is for the kitchen and for the rest of the staff once you guys get off your shift because – you guys got to work on a holiday and shit like that. And like, that's ultimate respect. It's super cool. Like people can turn that kind of stuff down, but it was just like, you know what? Like, thanks. Like we appreciate that. And the staff appreciate it even more too. You know, like about it. What is that? 30 bucks or something? Yeah. To to make everybody's fucking day. And and like something that someone doesn't even have to do. Right. When you have a customer coming in and it's like, Hey, I brought this 24 pack of beer. I just want to give it to the kitchen as a gift. Like, hell yeah. Like, let's do that. You appreciate it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So as the driver, the delivery guy, um, you know, someone's always, hey, you know, give me a pack of smokes on the way back or, hey, pick me up a six pack or something like that. Sneak it in. You know, like I said, stick it in the cooler yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, that was always fun. And then uh, you'd be like, all right, you got to tip me or something. You yeah, know, you kind of work yeah. out a little deal with the guy. I always thought that was fun. Yeah, dude. But also, okay, what about, do you guys have any stories about someone getting too fucked up on the job? I mean, obviously, right? (laughs) So I wasn't there at the time, but I have heard stories, I guess, like the old sous chef um, got really fucked up on the job, and he was there all by himself. He couldn't finish the job. I guess the owner came in and found him all fucked up and wasted and was like, yo, you need to get the fuck out of here. And uh, that was pretty much the end of that guy. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I feel like that industry, though, and all honestly, like a month later, that dude could be back in the kitchen. Like, the, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, short a yeah. guy. Yeah. We need to call. Maybe another Brian. kitchen. But, like, yeah. I don't know. Personally, I, 
I cannot imagine working, doing what I do under the influence. It's right. you need to be on your shit so of much, of course, that like you you need to think, and you're serving food, Fire, right? Fires involved. Yeah, fires involved. Knives. You have to think about food safety too, because if someone's fucked up and they don't care, they're gonna serve some raw shit, and they right. could get someone sick and cause a problem for the whole entire fucking you know business. Yeah, of course. So that's just like I never even thought about that part. Yeah, or very irresponsible. Something on the floor, they're like, ah, oh, fuck it. Or they know? see an allergy ticket get rang in, and maybe they miss an allergy, and right, then they you miss know what, that or they get or go. they cut themselves, and you know they cut their fucking pinky off or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I have any off the top of my head. I mean, Money Gun, I mean, yeah, there were people there that were fucked up a lot. Some, I mean, not a lot, but there was one guy that it was very particular and trying to find him. And, you know, they're like, oh, you know, everyone else is fucked up. And it's like, but my guy, like, you're the one that's, like, slurring words right now. Right. Not even looking me in the eye. And, you know, you're getting emotional all of a sudden because I'm talking to you about it. And, and it's just like, it was, it was tough. And, you know, you know, when that, when that person, you know, who I've been cool with comes at you verbally and it's like, Hey man, like, I'm just trying to help you, dude. I'm just trying to talk. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to let you go. It's just, I get it. I know you're going through a rough time. You know, I know you have a, you know, rough past and everything, but you know, to like kind of be mad at me or, you know, start pointing fingers at me. It's just like, all right. And the guy walked out on the job and he never got back to us, you know? And that just, that just goes back to the wide range of different people that you work with in, in these environments. Right. That's what I was saying. There is a lot of great people and you do yeah. find those people that do show up every day and will come in on their day off to help out the team. Like yeah. those people do exist, but then there is some people that slip in that, you know, you're like, yeah. Oh, these stories aren't lining up or, yeah. you know, they're lying a lot, just different shit like that. And then they start being flaky. And yeah. Like, oh, I mean, if it's a, a if it's a, shit. if it's a good place, those people usually don't last very long. Exactly. They get weeded out. Yeah. Of course. And you could also flip it and like, look at it as, Hey, this person's a really good person. And all of a sudden they're like fucked up and you can like visually see it. And you're like, yo, I know you're going through some shit, but you can't do this. And I want to be here for you. That's even and worse. And you want to help someone. And that's even worse. And that was kind of like the situation with this guy. And and you're like, friends with them because of this tight knit community. You guys yeah, have built, so, yeah, yeah. And it's like he feels like you know you're coming at him, and it's like it's tough, man. It's tough to like kind of manage and like you know be looked at as the bad guy here and there. But at the end of the day, you got a job to do. Well, I mean, you would hope that that person realizes that they're in the wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's why he never, you guys never heard back from him because yeah. his pride got in the way. He was like, oh, I can't go back to them because yeah. he knew he was wrong. Because yeah, they're also, yeah. it, maybe. It's I mean, it's got to be embarrassing, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's embarrassing themselves. Get scolded because you're too fucked up at work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've like, seen it. On. I've seen it firsthand. Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay, this is way different. But so after we went to Roca, we went back to the hotel bar. It was London House or something okay, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we go up, we go to the bars, whatever, top floor and everything. And my friends get drinks right away. And then I'm standing there, right? And yeah, I'm waiting, yeah. and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. And I feel like this guy is passing me up. I, to me, it feels that way, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like 20 minutes. I swear to God, I'm standing there. And finally, my friend comes up, and he's like, hey, man, are they not serving you? What the fuck? And the, the guy's right in front of me, like, doing whatever. And yeah, I'm like... not even making eye contact. I was just like, no, I'm waiting patiently. No one's helped me yet. Like, kind of saying a little bit louder, because I'm, yeah. I'm fuming inside, right? Finally, the guy... Right, what do you want? Like barely even looks at me, blah, blah. I tell him I got, um, I got a Makers on the Rocks and a Vodka Red Bull, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Nothing too crazy. $42 I paid for that. After waiting 20 minutes. After waiting forever um, and basically not even being acknowledged. Did you yeah. say something? For whatever reason. I don't know. I felt like it was maybe a racial thing. I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah. that's why I didn't say anything. Yeah. I had my drink. I, I tipped him $2 because I got two drinks. Right. That was my like little fuck you to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that pissed me off so much. And that's the thing with, like, how I was saying, Logan, like, we don't have those, like, West Loop, River North prices, you know, where, like, dude, yo, you go somewhere no and, like, a cocktail is, like, $24. And it's, like, dude, I know this liquor that you're pouring. And I know, like, what is going into this drink. I paid for an entire bottle. You're just, you're just killing. You're killing your customers. Like, yeah. And I get it, and there's some areas in the city where rent's more expensive, whatever. There's so many factors that factor yeah, into of course. everything. Of but course. it's like, yo, you're not giving me an experience that's, like, really worth that even. So it's yeah. like, we what's the point? Yeah, that one drink left. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, here you go. Here's a view of the river, and you got the rooftop. And, like, yeah. that's what you're paying for at the of end course. of the day, you know? And it's just, like, crazy. Crazy for that. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yes, I, I was hurts. I that told hurts. myself I hurts wasn't gonna tell them, but I'm like, your pocket. Yeah, I got yeah. all pissed again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I'm still fuming about it. Yeah, I do love River North though. They got a really uh, a wide range of great restaurants for sure. Yeah, it's a cool area. I've got so Ryan Schwartz lives down there. He lives in Streeterville technically, but you know, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. pop around that area. And then uh, our friends Claudia and Anthony, same thing, live in Streeterville, uh, Gold Coast or whatever the fuck. Mm, but yeah. um, I don't know. I was talking to Riley, and I'm like, because we want to buy a house. We're, we're, we're waiting. We both of our parents still. And we're yeah, trying yeah. to save up to buy a house, right? That's the plan. And um, on Valentine's Day, it was just kind of like, you know, what? I'm like, what if we just like got an apartment in Chinatown? You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. just do something completely just for, yeah different. And she's like, yeah, you know, for the night, we're like, we're going to Chinatown. <laughs> the next day, of course, we're both like, no, we're going to buy the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're not going to live in Chinatown. Yeah. <laughs> but there was like a fun thing of like, yeah, let's like have a fucking adventure. You know? That sounds like a hangover four type <laughs> adventure, possibly, you know, yeah. like you and Riley in Chinatown. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> yeah. $42. That's what you said. Can you believe that, man? I mean, Baker's what are you Mark on the rocks and yeah, that's unreal. Where were you at? My cocktails are hotel. thirteen bucks a pop, and right, it's standard twelve. Yeah, bucks yeah, yeah, yeah. For like or sixteen. Yeah. For some reason, now sixteen. Thirteen to like, seventeen yeah. I, I, is re- reasonable. Yeah, like, unless me. you're getting an expensive liquor or something. Obviously, yeah, but yeah. again, that's why I got makers because I'm like, okay, yeah. it's it'll be whatever. It'll be twelve yeah. bucks or sixteen yeah. bucks. Or I think my house bourbon on the rocks would be twelve dollars. Exactly. Yeah, that's not bad. It wasn't even a fat pour either, dude. Ah, I was like, he like, like one point five like, ounces. You just saw him using like the measuring jigger and it's like yeah. almost went skimp on it. You're like, dude, come on. I'm sorry. I, I, He's like, yeah, it'll get it'll get bigger <laughs> once it starts to dilute with the ice cube. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's end on a high note. We got one more topic, maybe we could come up with. What do you got for me, Nick? I'll spit some bars real quick. Right. Okay. Okay. So, a <laughs> little bit of a backstory. In high school, you had a rap career, NC Flows, right? That's right. All right, well, <clears throat> how do I say this? Um, I guess I was just, like, young and bored. <laughs> I Ever since I was, like, 12 years old, probably around the same amount of time that I've been cooking, I just wanted to write songs. And uh, that's just, I would find beats on YouTube and just write songs to them, and that's how it would go. But even though it's been about 10 years or so, I'm still... Doing it sometimes, so that's awesome. This is a song that I wrote. And you remember the radio. 
Yeah. Yeah. NC flows. 2023, baby. I got an elevated mind, seeing through the lights, I don't got the time I was born on my grind, I'm a natural homie, can't fuck my mind No more than one thing, can't get much colder than this Boy, I own this game, it's been established, but to get back That's my tour, smoking the Acapulco, the locals, they know I'm loco Snapping and taking photos, so shorty gon' need some rotos I'm flying first class, elevated for show though I'm dedicated to making my people, they always know So I keep them close to my heart Reaching the higher levels, always looking for better I know I can never settle, insignificant moments Seem somehow harder to let go, no matter what I'ma make it I told you that from the get-go, hit a couple of agents I'm hopping rides on the metro, travel from town to town Hoping I find some retro, kick it back, old school Listen, I gotta say it, found making no Will I put that on my old lady, baby? Gotta get it out and rhyme just so I can survive Dissipating the way the boulders on my chest and my mind We get by and spit lyrics and we laugh and we cry Cause person we all people in this world I realize that the time it goes fast Life even goes faster Writing since a young and I've grown to a young master A wise man knows nothing Apprentices always passed up I've done a lot of growing I'm turning into a man now No matter what I'm doing I know it will all pan out Right now I'm out to cooking and I'm hot like I got my pen out of fantasize in my mind Always I'm gonna try And when I said that I get that I show you it ain't no lie And man it surprised me the fire so surviving I say that it's driving so business I'm minding Everything that I say and everything that I do I had to put it out in public just to show that it's true That it's true NC Flows 2023 baby let's get it